37 Disney Street, which isn't far from you, three Disney fans have watched a film which they will now review. Hello friends and welcome to 37 Disney Street. This week we make way, make way for classic number 56, 2016's Moana. I am Chris Fletcher of 37 Disney Street. You will board my boat, sail across the sea and restore the heart of Tafiti. Whatever happened here, blame it on the pig. I'm Lucy Rain. The chicken lives! Hello friends, I'm Hugh Rain. Stop that intro, did we? No, we but you know, poor at it. <laughs> we nearly finished uh, yeah. the run, so we have a little matter to with this. Yeah. One more after this. It was One nice more. when we did the grim grinning ghosts and we could pretend to yeah. be asleep. Yeah, I enjoyed it? that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the most fun I think I've ever had on, on a, a video <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so uh, what episode? Well, that, well, that, that was Muppets uh, Haunted, Haunted Mansion. Haunted, if you yeah. want to know what we're talking about, we had a whole new look. Yeah, when we on the YouTube version, we um, we did the green screen so that we were on plinths. Mm. And that we were the the talk the singing busts mm-hmm. from the the haunted mansion. Um, if you wondered what we were talking about, then when when you do watch the YouTube version, if you're listening to the podcast, we just have to sit there and smile while all that music goes on, and it's a little bit awkward. I should take it out, really. I should just like, go back to the title screen while the music finishes. But do you know what we should do? What? Actually, we should have done that this whole time. It. We should have like turned to each other and pretend to talk. Or, like, oh yeah, and shuffle papers. papers. Yeah. Yes. Next I'll week, next time we'll do that. Oh, we, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, just for the for Ralph Rex internet. That's what I'll we'll set do. reminder. Um, listen, yes. guys. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we did um, a review of classic number sixty, Encanto. Do you remember that? Oh remember yeah, that? remember before it well. Christmas vividly. Was it before yeah. Christmas? After Christmas? During Christmas? Before. before Christmas? Before Christmas? So. It kind of it blew up a bit. We've had a lot more people download that episode than any of our podcasts ever, ever, ever. Um, and ever, so ever, the last ever. five weeks, it's been incredibly popular. So if you're a new person who who found us through that Encanto episode, hello, hi, it's nice to see hey. you. Hey, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's also brought us some reviews. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, all positive. Well, I've had two reviews. Would you like to hear them? I'd love to. Right, cool. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> Can you tell that he might already know that we've had some reviews? <laughs> okay, so here's the first one. I'm just waiting for it to load because it's disappeared. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. No, it literally isn't loading up. Uh, right, hang on. One second. It's literally... Oh, they've stopped working. What's this on? It's If you want to go on um, iTunes, you can leave us a... Yeah, vamp for a minute and I'll, um, I'll find it. You can leave us a review, one to five stars. We do... We, like any review it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how many stars you give us give us five stars but it does help with the algorithm even if you don't give us the highest thing just having all those reviews gets us higher up the search engine when people are looking for disney podcasts so if you'd like us and enjoy us or don't but you want to support us and let us be found easier go on itunes and leave us a review we much appreciated and we do read them out on the show if you want your 30 seconds of fame, but only if we can load the page. Yeah, the problem is that my phone isn't on your Wi-Fi and because on in our two separate wings, we have separate Wi-Fi because we all live in the same house. Yes. Um, as, as you long-term listeners will know, those of you who only joined from Encanto might not understand this, but we all live in the same house, honest. And uh, Can't we just use just these? Just very separately. Yeah, I've got, I've got pictures. It just doesn't have the full one. So the first okay. one 
um, is gives it a whopping one star review. <gasps> what? Yes. <laughs> Not what I expected for people who love Disney. Just listened to the review of uh, for Encanto. Was hoping for an upbeat podcast, but felt it was really negative. They can't go thirty seconds without scrutinising every inch of something. That thumb down. Mm. If you're looking for a positive podcast, I don't feel this is for you. Yeah. Now, what, scrutinising. What's funny about that is, well, this, does it does it like? Now, this is going to sound really petty <laughs> of us like picking this apart, but um, I don't think it's deserved. We're scrutinising it. Yeah, probably, <laughs> but um. This is someone who loves Encanto and has come, it's probably not a regular listener, and has come looking for a, uh, a, a podcast that backs up what they think, and yeah. they, they haven't found that. And then they've thought, well, that doesn't tally with my feelings. One star. Yeah. It, it's a bit harsh, I think. Like, that's basically saying, this podcast is completely worthless. <laughs> it's a really funny thing to say as well. They can't go two minutes without scrutinising. Good, we, that's what you, we, you should the, want. We are analysing. Yeah. Like, and and if, you've, if you have just joined at Encanto... We've been doing this for what nearly three years now. Yeah. Well, well we've been recording. We've four, done every three years, single classic, and we started with two. Snow White. Yeah. And we've worked our way through. So, so we've learned a hell of a lot. I, I certainly have. I've and we've a hell loved of a lot. some films. I absolutely loved them. And I didn't like, actually. Lucy loves Encanto. I do, and, and I really like it. I, I enjoyed it. We're I just, can't remember exactly what I said on it. I think I was a little more harsh on the music then than I am now because, of mm-hmm. course. Now, I know every word to every song. We've had it on the car, and I absolutely love the music. I think yeah. on first listen, I didn't like it as much. But I love Encanto, and I loved it then. I'm thinking, what did I say that was so negative? I don't, I don't think... like People are entitled to opinions, and, and if you want to come and give us a one-star review as well, it's brilliant. Do it, because we'll we'll read it out, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> and, and, you know, yeah. I, I wasn't annoyed by it. I, I found it quite... Like almost amusing when I read I it. I found it I funny, just, mm. but but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, but you you're criticising us for doing exactly what we said that we wanted to do yeah. right mm. from the start. So it, it just isn't for them. This show isn't for them. Yeah, it's one of those things. What I think is amusing about it is uh, they've said um, they don't like the fact that we're reviewing something and we've been negative. And their response to that is to leave a negative review. <laughs> it's like, if you don't like it, don't do, don't it. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it is funny. It made us laugh. Yeah. On the flip side. But also, you don't trust one-star reviews anywhere. Uh, and equally, don't trust the five-star reviews. For me, it's all about your twos, your threes, and your four-star reviews. That's where the real meat is. And speaking mm. of which, we've had a five-star review as well. Yay! Oh, I dismiss it. <laughs> I dismiss it. Love it is the title. And it says, my favourite podcast... I love it. I listen when I'm walking to work and it never fails to brighten up my day. Aww. Really is a must listen for any Disney fan, apart from, obviously, that other person. Brilliant chemistry between the hosts. I find myself agreeing with Chris more often than not. Thank you very much. That's good. Um, I laugh out loud at something Hugh says at least a couple of times a show. <laughs> You're welcome. And Lucy brings the knowledge and enthusiasm while subtly attempting to stop the other two from messing about too much. Mm-hmm. Subtly. <laughs> Keep doing not what you're so doing, guys. Subtly. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. Love the show. Even if the scream at the start of Hugh's cry factor scares me every time. Yeah, sorry. It scares me too. It scares me too. Yeah. There you are. Anyway, I hope we didn't come across as petty there. But, uh, I mean, give us a... Oh. Once our reviews are fine, but yeah. Not, yeah. not for that reason. I mean, I, I will Unfair. just say on a more general thing, I, this, I wasn't, didn't even know if we are going to talk about this on here, and it was very much like, oh, look, look, they've said that. It didn't bother us particularly. But... I think if you're judging a podcast, the content alone is not what matters. I think the production quality, the sound quality, the one star well. <laughs> was a little a little off, wasn't it? But never mind. Yeah. It's just never a really mind. funny thing because it makes it what feel like... What if it's one of our rivals? Think... <gasps> it could oh. be. Mm. We'd have rivals. Do we have rivals? 
Probably. It just makes you think they don't think... Like, do you love Disney, Lucy? Oh, I love it. Do you love Disney, Hugh? Yeah. Yeah, and I do as well, so... And are we positive about it? Most, oh, yeah. Well, mostly. Uh, do you know what, though? There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek. This leads on to today, though, because mm. um, if you agree with that review, um, you might not like what me in particular is going to say today. Oh, no. Interesting. I'll put it out there. I don't think this is a great film. And I will oh. tell and I will oh. tell you why. Oh, right. And I will I will respond should to we your jump, telling. Should we jump into some history then and, and yeah. get going on this on this roller coaster? It's time to dig a little to learn some Disney stuff. Dig a little No, we ain't dug this far enough. Dig a little into the facts. We'll find out what we need. Lucy will school us, guaranteed. I don't think we're positive enough. Open up the windows. Let in the light. Children. Okay. So today we are talking about 2016's It Annoys You When I Say That, doesn't it? 2016. 2016's Moana. Now, this was directed by the legendary, and I don't say that often enough, the legendary Clements and Musker mm. of Little Mermaid fame and um, Princess and the Frog. And it was a Princess and the Pea. And it was written by Jared Bush, who wrote Zootopia, which I believe that we rated very highly. Yes, Did we were we? very positive about very that Very positive. Great film. So we've got, we've got a really, really good team on board here. Um... The uh, the initial screenplay, this is just an interesting by the by, was done by... Do you know who it was done by? Uh, no. Do we guess? They, they really tried to keep culturally um, loyal, I suppose would be the word. It was by Taika Waititi. Oh, okay. It was mm-hmm. the original screenplay. Okay. But he went back to New Zealand when his uh, daughter was born to... Mm. And uh, so he, he left the project to work on what we do in the shadows. And he's, he's quoted as joking... The only thing that was left of the script when he saw it again was exterior day. <laughs> Everything else had gone. Interesting. I think it's interesting that he was attached because, of course, this would be pre-Ragnarok and mm. Guardians of the Galaxy kind of time. So, you know, it's good to have him there. Um, so following the success of Princess and the Frog, Clement and Musker uh, immediately started work on a Disney animated adaptation of Terry Pratchett's Mort. <gasps> now that intrigued me. I also can't see it because there have been adaptations. There've been BBC and ITV adaptations of Terry Pratchett novels. Sky did a lot of them, didn't they? Yeah, and they've been very not what you expect from a Disney animated film. Yeah, I don't, so. I, 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 I don't think Disney's the right people to do that. Mm. And it turned out that they had problems uh, getting the full rights in the end. They must have had some kind of rights at some point to be even starting working on it. Mm. But the the project never reached its end to do, reasons to do with legal rights. Um, and so at that point, they were asked to come up with three original concepts and they wanted them to be original because they'd already kind of had a, a long-term date in mind and they just thought trying to get the rights to anything would slow them down given the experience they'd just had. So... At the time, um, Muska had been reading some Polynesian mythology, as you do, like reading Bog Book, Bog you know. Book, yeah. yeah. Um, and he became very engaged by the legend of Maui that, is, as we learn in the film, is many-faceted and, and vast, is the mm. legend of Maui. Um, so he, he took this to Clement 
And the two of them wrote a treatment and pitched it to John Lasseter, who greenlit a research trip. Now, this always makes me have a wry smile because these Disney directors and screenwriters are not daft. They're like, where do I want to go for six months on the company dollar? You know, we've, <laughs> we've just had Luca that was on the Italian Riviera. I mean, that, that was a good pitch, wasn't it? And so on and so forth. So they're like, go and go and spend six months in. Well, I don't know how long it was. Go and spend a good chunk of time in in Hawaii. Why not? And Tonga, and the rest, F- Fiji. Nice. That sounds fun. Mm. So, but it wasn't wasted time because they spent a lot of time learning about the traditions um, of the Polynesian culture. And it did quite heavily impact the story. Initially, the treatment had been around um, a Maui epic similar to maybe Hercules. But once they got there and they, they spent a lot of time learning about the traditions of the islands and the tribes and the dynamics of these tribes, um, it prompted them to take the focus to the human population and away from the, the god population, as it were. Because there are, there are many god tradition, deity tradition. Um, so that's how it came about that this was about a chieftain's daughter. They also found, and I found this fascinating, I'm probably going to go and research this more after this podcast, that the Polynesian people were voyagers long before there's any evidence of serious European exploration, but that the archaeology and history has found that they promptly and suddenly stopped um, voyaging across the seas 3,000 years ago. There's evidence that they knew of other islands. They knew how to get to other islands. They had names and language for these other islands. They communicated with them. There's um, cross-pollination, as it were, of cultures that prove... Cross-Polynesian. Cross-Polynesian pollination that proves that um, they had communicated with each other. Mm. And then all of a sudden, all this evidence stopped 3,000 years ago. And then, cliffhanger, it began again a thousand years after that now that is a big gap to that's enough of a gap to lose the tradition and then to suddenly start another tradition which is quite a terrifying thing to Mm. sail across the pacific ocean find that absolutely fascinating and my intention for tomorrow is go and find out more about this because that's like mind-blowing well obviously clement and muska had the same attitude i did because that sudden stop and start and that idea of a voyager tradition why they would stop and why it would begin again so suddenly became the main focus of their film now that alone has given me a newfound understanding and appreciation of the story as we see it in moana yeah that's interesting um so this movie is set a thousand years after they initially stopped which puts it about two thousand years ago to us so it's it's set in christ times i suppose Roughly. Okay. Um, but obviously in a completely different world <clears throat> and tradition that we have n- nothing to do with our own. Uh, it's on the fictional hour, uh, fictional island of Motunui, which is a compound of uh, traditions, history and cultures of Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, Hawaii, etc. And um, this can be seen in the... Uh, the design of the villages and the communal housing, etc., is not. It can't be made accurate to a single one of those cultures. It's very much conglomerate of lens many. from all. Yeah, of them. lens from all of them, mm. exactly. Um, so they recruited an oceanic story trust of uh, historic and literary experts from across that region to review the movie. 
throughout the five years of its development. So constantly giving um, stuff to the to this story trust to review and from this they did make some um manage some changes this was to make it culturally accurate and sensitive and changes they made amongst others include the changed maui from being bald in original concept art he was he was a big bald guy and they went no 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 hair is virility gods would absolutely have had a big thick head of hair this would have been a source of their power and not only did they give him hair they also made it a bit of a joke within the the film about keeping his hair silky etc they also eliminated a scene where moana was throwing coconuts in anger um saying that a coconut in itself would have been respected by the daughter of a chief it wouldn't have been something she would have used in such a excuse me, throwaway fashion. And so little things like that were changed. Um, the story had many versions, including where Moana had several brothers and there was a bit of a gender storyline. That was just eliminated for both time and they didn't want to diminish from her... By approaching feminism, sometimes you can diminish feminism. I've talked about this when it comes to female superheroes. And so they just thought, no, give her her own film, give her her own status and make her triumph a triumph in itself, not a triumph of her gender. And in its turn, it will be more powerful. Big believer in that. Mm. Um, they've made it so the dad was the one who wanted to sail and she became a fulfiller of his wishes. And they flips that on its head to make it, again, more of her achievement rather than his. And that's the point that they introduced the grandma character. And they also made it so the dad was lost at sea and she had to go rescue him. But again, all of this stripping back of other characters was to give agency to Moana herself. Um, Aaron and John, where you've got... Excuse me, going back a page. Where you've got Jared Bush as the sole um, credit as a screenwriter. There are many people credited with the story. And Aaron and Jordan Kendall were brought on to develop and change the story. And we can thank, in inverted um, commas, uh, things for like the Kokomara bits and and um, the Tamatoa bits. That was all kind of brought on by Aaron and Kendall. Aaron and Jordan Kendall. So, this was the first CG film made by Clement and Musker. They had been 2D directors before this. And what was a big change for them is because of the way that CG animation works, it is a much quicker time frame, but with a much bigger team. And the reason for that, if you know anything about CG animation, and I don't know much, Hugh's our resident expert, is... Um, Rather than having a single animator work on a character and then it goes somewhere else, um, they're constantly having to layer up shots to render, to go into the, the rushes, as it were, because they've got people who add the lighting, people who add the texture, people who, who add fluid simulations and fabric simulations on top of the animation itself. So it has to be all done simultaneously. For this reason, bigger team, shorter time frame, because everyone is working on things simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And Clement and Musker uh, found this a struggle and they got to the point where they were both working six days a week, 12 hours a day. And so at this point, Big Hero 6 had just wrapped. And so Don Hall and Chris Williams, who worked on Big Hero 6, were brought on as co-directors and to help with the story development as well. Now, when it comes to casting... Um, they were very passionate about being culturally inclusive and making sure that they kept it within the culture. So the 
huge majority of the cast, even small parts, were from the Polynesian, Native Hawaiian and Samoan and Maori heritage. So you've got people like Jermaine Clements. Boba Fett. Hmm. Was he in it? He's Moana's dad. He is. I did not know yeah. that. I saw the name. I didn't recognise it. Jermaine Clements is of Maori heritage, uh, as is Moana's dad. Uh, Moana herself was casting an open casting call on the island of Hawaii. She was a 14-year-old in high school in Hawaii at the time. Alani um, Kalawahu. Have I said that right? I, don't I can't read your handwriting. No, neither can I. <laughs> um... <laughs> And, yeah, you've got uh, Nicole Scherzinger, who is um, mixed heritage, um, half of which is native Hawaiian. Uh, yeah, the whole cast, basically, all the major parts. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is Samoan. Um, Rachel, Rachel House played the grandma. Now she, I, I saw her on IMDb and I thought I recognised that face and I couldn't place it. She was in Thor Ragnarok as quite the tough um, jailer soldier woman, mm. if you remember it. Yeah, so Rachel House. Now what's interesting about her is that they've only done this one before, once before of, of Disney. After they've released it in English, they dub it into all the major languages such as Spanish and French and Portuguese and uh, Mandarin and Japanese and stuff. But occasionally, when they've got a culturally sensitive or important piece of work, they will dub it into different languages. An example of that is they dubbed The Lion King into Swahili so that they could release it um, in the southern parts of Africa. Now, this one, they released special Tahitian dubbings and also a Maori dubbing. And in the Maori dubbing, Rachel House, uh, Jermaine Clement and um, Tamari Wash uh, Morrison, I presume that's who you mean by Boba Fett, um, they actually reprised their roles speaking Maori. Oh, and, cool. and Rachel House directed the, um, directed the dubbing. So good on for that. Now, of course, we've got the music is by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Happy birthday, Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's happy his birthday, birthday today. for today. You sing no sweat. So he's the most famous name, but also there was a lot of music contributed by a Hawaiian instrumentalist. Ah, oh, this is... I really... I don't mean to be ignorant when I try to do these pronunciations. I just don't know how to do it. Um, Opatei Fawi. Um, Opatei Fawi, I'm going to say. I'm going to plump for it. Yeah, probably wrong, but I tried... Um, so he did a lot of the, the native language music um, and a lot of the chant-based things. He also uh, added a lot of instrumentation to the score. And the score and parts of the songs were done by Mark Mancina. Mm -hmm. And that, as I say every week, is all she wrote. Wow. That, that's quite a lot of, uh, of history for such yeah, a reason. We don't normally have that much for, uh, it's been a while, for new it? ones, yeah. I, I found it really interesting to research this mm. week, actually. Does anyone else want to know what the other two ideas that that they had to come up with? Because they had to come up with three different ideas, and this is just one of them. Mm. I wonder what else they were going to do. Mm, it'll be like the gong show. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Well, like what we usually do, we're going to talk about the story and the uh, animation and the music of this show we're going to do it positively um <laughs> but we are going to scrutinize and um uh, but we start as always do we not we do with uh, with the little kids so should we do that let's 
watched Moana. Moana is about a girl who joins a demigod to restore the heart of a special island. There's this guy called Maui, and he took a heart out of this thing, and now they're like this massive fire monster, and Moana tries to get it to give the heart back to it. And she does. <laughs> um, she goes on a journey on a boat across the sea and she sees weird creatures like coconuts on the way. There was a giant crab who had loads of shiny things on his back and he sang a song which went, Shiny! At the end, there was Stella Hat. Maui gets his hook back and Moana goes back to her island. My favourite bit was I liked the pictures in, like, You're Welcome. I have two favourite bits. My first one is where the boy at the start is doing the funny dancing. And my second favourite bit is when Maui goes to the toilet in the water and Moana has a hand in the water. My favourite character was... I like the the chicken. Hey, hey. My favourite character is definitely Hey, hey, because he's bonkers. He does. He eats rocks and he keeps on banging into things and he just randomly walks into water without knowing he is doing it. My favourite song was You're Welcome. My favourite song is You're Welcome. Are you going to sing a bit? No. Oh, go on. What can you say except you're welcome? You're welcome. You're welcome. I would give it a four out of five again. A four out of five. Ollie, do you want to say anything about Moana? Yes. Go on, what do you want to say about Moana? I give it zero out of zero. What was your favourite bit? None of it. (laughs) Was Ollie not a fan then? It doesn't sound like it. He was just that way out, I think, when oh, he recorded yeah. it. I think, I think we all just, have those days. He has his moments. <laughs> mm. he, he likes to be perverse at any given opportunity. Bonnie used to love this film. Like uh, When it first came out, uh, when we first had it on DVD, um, she watched it all the time, uh, mm. even to the point where once she came up to me while I was sat in the chair and she put her forehead to mine and she closed her eyes and she whispered, I know who you are. <laughs> when she was three Lucas uh, so again this is one of the, the, the Your Welcome is one of those songs that we listen to the, in the car quite a bit mm. um, and we went through a phase and then we stopped and recently he started listening to it again and he went daddy daddy I can do the whole rap bit and I'm not singing the rest of the song because I've got to get ready for the rap bit so mm. today we got him to sing it on his own and he doesn't know any of the words. Oh, no. <laughs> so funny. I thought Laura, you were going to it. it. No, I, I wanted him to do it. I wanted him to do it on the recording and he wouldn't. The best I could get was that little bit of your welcome. But um, yeah, Laura's recorded it. So if I can find a, a copy of it, I might just tweet that out because it, it is horribly bad. Mm. And then Ollie's recorded as well today um, singing uh, that, that bit from We Don't Talk About Bruno. That seven foot frame. You know, the bit that everybody sings. Mm. Yeah. So we we don't yeah. talk about Bruno. You see, we do like Encanto. Um, right. First impressions? Uh, what do you mean, sort of, uh, before before you watched before we it, went what into were you expecting it? of it? I can't remember, it's so long ago. I know, that's what I was going to say. But, or, 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 or maybe uh, impressions going into watching it today. 
if you like. Which was like, I've seen this, seen this a lot and there's stuff I don't like. So I was kind of... We did consider... Feverishly making notes. We did consider not watching it, to be yeah, honest. We I thought, think... we've seen this a lot. We could talk about it without it. Yeah, but we, we've always watched them immediately before doing the podcast. We thought, no, let's do this right. And I'm actually really glad mm. because you do... There's always something you miss, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And you do think a lot harder when you know that you're going to talk about it. And there were some things that I hadn't spotted before. Now, five years ago, my preconception, and I think this is important given the, the films we've had since and before, is I felt like I knew what I was going to get and I was going to get a Disney princess film because you had the lead female and it was a musical. Mm-hmm. And we think that's what Disney films are, but if you really look down the list, there's a lot fewer of those than you think. Yeah, there is an awful lot. Of that. So yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was really good at the time to go, ah, one of those, I like those. Yeah, like these days, like uh, I saw an article saying, uh, is uh, Mirabelle going to be a Disney princess? And I thought, who cares anymore? Mm-hmm. Does, it, does that matter? Like, you know, is she or isn't she? Just... Forget that. Doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter because they they made Merida a Disney princess and she's Pixar. So mm. it, it literally doesn't matter. They, mm. She doesn't have to be a princess. She doesn't have to be from Disney. It, they could just. It, it's all about who's marketable, isn't it? Mm. And for marketing reasons, they tend to keep uh, Elsa and Anna separate from those. Yeah, you just make more money on them yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And I think, to be honest, I think Mirabelle, as part of the magical family, has got a lot of money-making legs of her own for a while. Quite probably, yeah. Anyway, um, that's a different... I, I think for me, I when I watched this, I was going through a, a kind of catch-up with a lot of the Disney films and the Pixar stuff at the same time, and I'd recently watched Brave not long before it. And, uh, yeah, my expectations weren't too high, to be honest. I'd enjoyed Frozen, and, uh, and I knew it was another musical, which I think generally I prefer the musicals to the, to the non-musical films. So... In that sense, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, I didn't really have any expectations going in, I don't mm. think. Not really. Should we jump onto the story then? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that then. So it's time to discuss how the story goes. I know it can be worse than Oliver and Coke. I've just realised that in in that track that my um, the beat in it is me going boots and cats. Nice. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Well, shall I lay out my problems with this then? Well, and, if well, they're story related, then that's You don't want to be too negative, do you? I don't I don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like, well, here's the thing. This is watchable, and moment to moment, mm. I do enjoy watching it. But my overall feeling is, I don't think this is very good. And, you, you know, you can enjoy something... But no, it's not very good, and just it can leave a bit of a sour taste in your mouth, which is what happens with Frozen with me. And uh, for me, this just it just feels disjointed, and it feels like what what I think has happened, where they've just put scenes next to each other, yeah. set pieces next to each other. Um, like when I watch it, I go like this: right, she's on the island for what feels like way too long, mm-hmm. uh, even failing to leave it once. And I know she has to and all this, but then blah, blah, blah. You think, well, it's just another way this could have gone. Uh, and then she goes on this epic voyage to find Maui and she finds him two minutes later. <laughs> yeah, she does. Like, no, I, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I know you disagree, yeah. but this is just my, this is, this is my feeling as I watch it. Uh, the Coconut Pirates, the Kakamora, they're very clear to me a marketing ploy where someone's oh. thought oh these would be collectible if we did something like this yeah because um, when i watched it i thought oh these will come back later at a crucial moment never nope. see them again 
So completely like lift them out, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tamatoa scene, we know it was added in at last minute. Uh, that whole number was created last minute. And so it's that whole scene's just been like pushed into this. Um, so I like, fit I, at but all. I like the individual scenes. I like the, yeah. I like the, uh, the uh, Tamatoa scene and the Kakamura scenes, but they don't mean anything to each other. And um, well, that, that's it. That, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. I just, I, I just feel like they don't have the best, uh, the, the, if they do have the best people on it, I don't think they're doing the best job. Do you know what? Now, now you've put that like that, I, I completely agree with what with what you're saying. I, I do enjoy this film, but there's something really strange about how it's laid up. And actually, it takes me back to something we've talked about ages ago, which is the, the old Saturday morning Disney shows. Like, you could imagine this being a collection of, like, Maui. Yeah. yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? So, so this episode's going to be here, and this episode's going to be here, and, and they're all a little bit out there and not kind of... It's all, it all just feels really disjointed. Mm. Now, I know, Lucy, from like from the history stuff that you've looked at, from the things that I've looked at as well, about um, all these different stories to do with Maui and all these different uh, things that they're all they're all from somewhere. They're not they've not just been made up and thrown in. But it it doesn't. It's at times it moves at a stupid fast pace from one scene to the next, and then you have twenty five minutes of them on a boat in the ocean with nothing happening, and. The, the whole pacing way off for me, just mm. way, way off. I, I think of this film as uh, Island, Finds Maui, Lords of Water, <laughs> Tamatoe, uh, Tamatoa, sorry, and then it finishes. <laughs> I, right, I, I just kind of want to go back to how you started it, Hugh. You said, I like this film, but mm-hmm. now the thing is, and I, maybe, you know, I was like, oh, the one star review made me laugh, but I kind of want to um, address it now, is that, I really like this. I really mm. like this film. And if someone said you you're only allowed one Disney classic out of the sixty, and this is the one you're going to get, I wouldn't be upset with that. It's at not all. the wild, is I it? I think it's great. <laughs> now, the thing is that we have reviewed every single Disney classic, and you you get very used to sort of looking at the way that character arcs go, and looking at way the th- the three act. Um, rhythms work and things like that and you get to say do you know what this doesn't actually work now I think there are fantastic elements of this I think the final act as it were between Moana and um, Tefiti when she says to the ocean let her come to me and you have that whole finale Hmm. fabulous I think the opening um, with the toddler Moana um, I mean, we're going to talk about art and music and it all comes together as one, doesn't it? But we're still talking about the story. The toddler Moana, the relationship with the ocean, the relationship with the grandma, um, the the montage of her growing up. I think it's all fantastic. Um, there are definitely, and this doesn't take away my love of this film, there are rhythm issues. There, like you say, there's just yeah. sectional pacing issues. Now, it's almost inevitable when you think to yourself, now, how would we fix it? Because the ocean is the ocean on a very small boat and an island is an island. Those two things explain it's going to feel a bit disconnected because you are disconnected when you're on a boat. It's going to feel like you're in one location too long when you're on an island because mm. you are in one location. And I thought I knew exactly what Hugh was going to say because I've heard his opinion of this film before. And I thought... I just don't really know how you would entirely fix that. There are certain points 
there are speed issues where you spend your time how long you spend on certain certain scenes that could be adapted um i totally agree with the should have brought the kokomara back because i've always been a bit poo-pooish of that section it, it feels very much like we need an action sequence it, it literally does uh, people are going to get point? bored we need something that happens between this and that they can't just leave that island and arrive at tamatoa they can't do it we need something but if it had been brought back it would have become more meaningful so I agree with you on that. Mm. But other than just kind of tweaking the length of certain things, it's very hard to know how it could have been better. There's lots of little things that are just... Uh, like, there's lots of things that I, I will uh, say that I like, uh, but, you know, since you're pushing me, it's, um, <laughs> it's things like um, after, like, hundreds of years of being this, like, horrible, dark monster, Maui literally says, what I did was wrong. I have no excuse. I'm sorry. And then she just gives him a wry look like, no, no, right, get out of it. You. She fixes his hook. Don't you think you she's know. like... Um, it's, uh, it's not good enough. No, I, I think that is good enough. It's not smart enough. It's not. It's not. No, because she's a compassionate, life-giving... But it's the way entity. he says it as well. I just think this this, this, this feels like he needs another couple of passes. Mm. It's not there. Mm. And, you know, um, people would say, well, I think Disney know what they're doing. I don't think they always do. Do you find <laughs> Maui likable? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. See, I really he means well. I have well. flow with it. That, that bit where he, he reaches, he puts his hand out for the uh, the heart of Tavita, and he says, um, "It's time." Mm. I always think like he's gonna double cross her at that point. Mm. Well, thing is, that would see that would have been a, a good plot twist, though, wouldn't it? There, there's how you could have yeah. fixed it. That, there is an example of how you could have fixed it. You could have made him a little bit less one-dimensional. I think that would have helped. He does do some truly awful things. Mm-hmm. Really awful things, like, repeatedly. And then when he gets redeemed... He tries to chuck her off the boat loads of times. Yeah, he, does, he, <laughs> lock, he locks her in a cave. He locks her in a cave and she's mortal and there's no... You know, just it, it's just really unforgivable stuff that he does. And then when he gets his redemption and his apology and, and they start to work together, that's fine. But then after that... He abandons her again. Mm-hmm. It's like if it had been a character, I mean, and then he becomes a good guy at the end again. But if it had been a character out of bad guy, learns to appreciate this, becomes good guy, that would have been one thing. But I, he does kind of lose me when he when he goes back to his douchery because even then, when he becomes nice at the end, you think, but I, how long are we going to trust you? Yeah. I, that's that's a bit of a problem with it. I mean, he's enjoyable to watch. He's a rogue. Mm. And we love rogues in the cinema. I don't think he's likable. Um, do you know that thing I said about Frozen where I, where I'm like, oh, they missed a trick there. They should have had Olaf melt at a really crucial moment. And then that thing where it could repeat the line, some people are worth melting for. And you'd, you'd have been like, oh, it's that line from earlier. It's a callback and it's beautiful. And he sacrificed himself. I'd love mm. it. It would have been beautiful. And uh, there's a bit in this uh, in, where he's fighting Tafiti at the end where he... He flies towards her with his hook and his hook's about to break and there's an explosion and you think, what if we just thought for a while that he sacrificed himself there to save her? Yeah. That would have been beautiful. And immediately you see him land on a rock and he looks a bit sad at his hook and I just go, oh, you know, I just feel like uh, they were almost there with like a really cool, beautiful moment and they just and they just snatch it away from me and you go, well, that's a bit of a shame. Mm. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I love the whole bit as well, like you said, with, uh, you know, where she, she parts the waves and... 
you know. She's... It's pretty epic, that isn't it? Yeah. D- don't you think though, when when she returns to a to a former flowery self, she mm. really reminds me of Alanis Morissette as God in Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Good. Although she looks like a muppet. No, but that's she probably animation. Like a muppet, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the. Do you know she's based on a real island? Is that the, right? the Sleeping Island uh, mm-hmm. is is a kind. Oh, I did not know that. that. Looks a, a bit like that, yeah. I did oh, know cool. that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, do you, let's talk about the elephant in the room, or rather, the pig and the chicken in the room. <laughs> oh, what's oh. the elephant called off uh, Zootopia? I was going to say, what's her name? Oh yeah, I can't remember her name. But ha- it, happy, yeah. bir- happy birthday, Glennis. It's like, like that, yeah. it? happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. What's the elephant in the room? Um, the pig and the chicken in the room. So I don't know whether this mm. comes to. That animation or what, but it's it's the same problem with the coconuts, isn't it? Do you not feel like a lot of these characters have been made purely to sell plushies? Oh, now with Pua, <laughs> with Pua, this is this is an open secret. This is not some kind of theory. Mm. This is yeah. knowledge. He was added after, and if you look at where, so often look at where he is in the frame, where he is in relation to the other characters. They they've fully constructed a scene, and they've put him in afterwards. Mm. And it was done because they just felt like they needed that. If you that look at all the, if you look at all the merchandise, it's all got poor on it. Yeah. And I remember people going, "Oh, I thought there'd be more of that pig in it, but he was barely in it." And it's yeah. all about hey, hey, isn't it? Mm. I heard that George Lucas got hold of it and wanted to add it in. That's what. That's why I feel really? that, that yeah. special edition. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, we're gonna take that and add it in digitally. But I think it, it was decided. Hey, hey, was always a sidekick, and he's a weird sidekick. I mean, Bonnie liked him and he made him laugh, but also. <laughs> Culturally, and they say they were being culturally um, accurate, but I don't think for a second he wouldn't have just been food. You know, the fact that Moana is mm. telling that guy, oh, no, don't cook him, and oh, no, don't eat him because it's hey, hey. And, but also she doesn't seem to have any emotional attachment to him because she's as frustrated as everyone else. He wouldn't have been there as a pet, I don't feel. No. But he's, What is wrong with that chicken? What he, is worries wrong me. with that chicken? Worries me. I don't know. It's messed up. I, yeah. I would have liked the chicken to have had a significance similar to that in um, Return to Oz. That, that, yeah. That the chicken's just there and doing whatever, but actually it it is integral to the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Because actually there was no point in it. No, at, at some point he he helps, even if it's inadvertently or act accidentally. It would be nice to have a reason for that. And I believe what happened is Hey Hey was already in the film and they just thought people, kids are not going to buy a cuddly hey hey. <laughs> and so Pua was put in its place. So that cynical consumerism, it is there. I'd like a hey hey plush. I mm. think I think Pua's cute and it, it, it did sell a lot. People liked him, he's very appealing. Um, but you you just can't deny it. I've erased him from my, uh, mm. from my knowledge. I, I, don't, I don't acknowledge the, the pig at no. all. Um, do you like the whole uh, Tamatoa scene though, even though I say it's shoved in there like shoehorned in uh, I like the look of it it, it I looks just, great yeah. uh, 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 the, the way that creepy creature crawls towards the screen in a twitchy way yeah mm. Bonnie really didn't she used to I used to really freak her out it's, it's kind of nightmarish but uh, I do like that and it's funny I like that's Tamatoa. my favourite song and we, we've got yeah. that on our playlist and in the some car. people hate that song brilliant. I understand why they, I mean well, we'll talk about this later, won't we? I yes. guess, but let, yeah, let's stop. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would like to talk about that at some point. <laughs> yeah. But here's here's another little uh, niggle, right? And uh, it's when uh, Maui's is saying, uh, "Do you want to get smote?" And then he goes, "Smoten." Really bugs me that he doesn't say smitten. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling out for it. Mm. Smitten. What what is it with <laughs> with Disney and matriarchs? 
Yeah, they love a They love an old woman who dies <laughs> yeah. and then finds a way to come back and... Yeah. And... Like, in know, all seriousness... With belief. They just love... Well, they're obsessed with death, aren't they, at the moment? Well, yeah. in all seriousness, when presenting to children, um, the most children will appreciate and have emotional feelings towards a matriarch character because that is such a huge part of your life when yeah, you're seven years old. Yeah, yeah. Is either your mum or your grandma. I mean, and there's always when the dad, dad characters old. who do it. But yeah, um, but I mean, you've got other influences. You've got friends and colleagues mm. and wives and things. When you're a kid... Wives. Wives. <laughs> Just the three. No, but, but when you're a kid, sort of... 50% or more of your world is the woman who looks after you. Yeah. I just think it's... That's yeah, it's true. That's the answer. It's true. Here's a question. Mm. Um, why do they have to go exploring again at the end when everything's been fixed? Well, I think this comes down to the history that I told you about. Yeah. yeah. But, like, if you... Because most people won't know that history. Just in terms of this story, they don't have to do that, do they? Well, no, I think they do. Because they, they established that they used to be voyagers and they stopped mm. because of the darkness. And when the darkness goes, it's like, we can voyage. Yeah. As if that's their destiny. I suppose, yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. still got all the boats kept in that cave off mm. the Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that. But at the same time, I'm watching it and I thought, well, you could just stay put. <laughs> I mean, it is you know it's kind yeah, of yeah, but the whole point half was of that, them do. Oh no, I suppose yeah, because when they restore everything, all all the crops are good again, aren't they? As yeah. well, so. Oh, yeah. But the thing yeah. is, I, I think they established that half of them would stay on the island and half of them would go I populate think, another. And Hugh, if you were part of this culture and someone that. said, "Do you want to go and explore a foreign island?" You you'd look around and go, you you go on, you go on." <laughs> Gonna stay here and enjoy. They do the need bath. that moment for the end of the film. Like I know, I understand that, but he, he does make you think. You don't. You don't need to do this, lads. <laughs> it's quite uplifting, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's yeah. Quite uplifting. Know, it's so just a nice moment. It's got that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on story? Nope. Not wow. Really. Not really, actually. No. Let's do some scores. I am keeping then. us driving forward. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna go then. Go. Um. I completely accept from almost a screenwriting point of view there are issues with this. I like the story in itself in that I like the concept, I like the beginning, I like the end, the middle's kind of fun. So I'm not going I'm going to give it a seven. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's um I, I've actually put a lower score than that, but I I'm gonna mark it up to a seven, I think. I it, it's it's dull in parts. It it's all over the place sometimes, but it is a very enjoyable film. All mm. in all, it is it's it's nice. I'll put it on any time. We quite happily watch it any time. I'll back that up. But you know, despite what I've said, it is the the bits that don't stick well together are individually very watchable. Mm. So I've given it a six. It's not it's not a massive score for story there, is it? But not massive, no. But still, see if we mm. can pull it back in uh, animation. Look at the animation hue, the characterization hue, and don't forget the background and the style. Yeah, man. I feel like I've never really listened to that before. <laughs> don't forget the backgrounds and the style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, took me hours to come up with those, those words. <laughs> As we went into this, I was thinking, um, like, we've had a lot of tens for animation because it's, it's hard to fault it. So sometimes I think, well... Is it doing anything different? That's when it gets its its ten now. Because like in terms of 
technical ability, like the water in this yeah. is incredible. It's got, oh. you know, it's got the... I was thinking you've about stolen you, my light. Yeah, because you always <laughs> Sorry. used to say, particularly in the early yeah. Disney do good water. But there's it? a lot of it, isn't there? Oh, there's a but, lot. Uh, it lo- it, this actually looks a lot nicer than I remember. I thought it would just have that, you know, like all the skin's quite plasticky in these characters, but... Um, in particular, the scene where toddler Moana's going down to the beach. Mm. You know, where where are her parents? But <laughs> they're just like, Moana, there you are. Um, that whole scene looks amazing. Like mm. from the little turtle hiding in the bushes, you know, it's the, the sort of a depth of focus in there. And then, you know, and then it goes down to the water. It's really, really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. It's, I mean, how many, I've, given the same sort of benchmark so many times. First of all, a landscape where you want to be there. Well, you oh, love the Polynesian. Goodness. This is this is right oh, up your street. This, it really, it? I think me and Hugh probably, both of us, it's like, well, it's tiki culture, which yeah. is kind of a different thing, isn't it? But Polynesian, tikiness, Hawaii, all yeah. that. This is, is like, a little bit further over than I tend to like. I like the sort of corny. You like the kitschy stuff, yeah, don't you? Yeah, this, mm. is a bit, this is a bit more deep cut. For me, for a, for a landscape... I mean, we've just done Encanto as well, and both of them, it's because it's green and colourful. I mm. love greenery. I love It's just, take me there, take me there, everything about it. And it is so beautifully rendered, so detailed, so lush, so believable. It's really quite hard to believe this is an animated film. And I'm not saying that because it looks photorealistic. I'm saying it because you feel like you could step through the screen and be on that beach. Yeah, it is yeah. so, the depth is so awe-inspiring. But then the other benchmark that I've said so many times is, would you have a um, a still of this on your wall? And I'm like, yes. When they're on the island, basically most of the shots I'd be happy to have. I don't want bleak ocean. That's not that's <laughs> not me. So I might not have those on boat and a bit of blue. But if I just talk about the island, I would have I would have images of that on mm. my wall at home. I'd have a whole room that looked like Tamatoa's oh, yeah. underworld, especially when it goes into the black and backlight. <laughs> Bless you. Oh yeah. When I was at um, at junior school, we used to have this thing called uh, the discovery room, and they used to change it every now and again. I don't think they ever had anything quite as bright and colourful as that, but. Um, you used to go into these rooms and she'd basically, the, the, the teacher would just have draped curtains and everything to make it dark and then all these bright lights and things. It just reminds me of that, of, of being yeah. probably my imagination more than what it was actually Sounds like. Sounds bonkers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was good. <laughs> the discovery room. You know it would yeah. just create paper, but because you were exactly, so young. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> in, in your imagination, in your memory, that's like the most amazing place you'd ever been. <laughs> I think, so I, I agree with you about all of it. I think it is visually stunning, so... So what marks it down then? Well, I I know what score I'm giving it. There we go. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to decide if if uh, if it does deserve a full ten or if it just hasn't like. Are you happy with the character animation? That, well, I, do you know I was just thinking I, I didn't pay that I, much close I attention love to it. The um, this the Samoan and the the, the cultural representation mm. they've done in the facial features, and I think they've done it beautifully and respectfully, and still in a Disney way, and everyone's so likable in that sense. A little bit of facts I don't think I gave you in the history is that the t- Maui's tattoos um, mm. were hand drawn 
and then rendered on onto the uh, CG. So they're, they're all hand-drawn. That's fantastic, that as well, actually. The, the visual yeah. gags they do with those, mm. are, they're so clever. I mean, we've criticised the screenwriting in some ways, but that kind of screenwriting, in that sense, sort of using that continuity and and the joke make the, the gags there is, is just absolutely spot on. Bonnie loves it when uh, he turns into Sven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not a little Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the how wide her mouth is at the end of How Far I'll Go. I think they've gone too far. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She, she, I've never I've never seen her mouth that open before in a Disney film. It did make, make me wonder <laughs> the, the Sven bit, by the way. Since Frozen, has every single film had a Frozen reference in it? Because <laughs> yeah, they just seem to want to do it all the time. They love to say, let it go at some point. Yeah. Uh, there's a little musical sting in Encanto that I found out on about on yeah. um, Chat Disney. Yep. That's their brand at this point in history, though, isn't it? I, th- I believe that that's ebbing a little now. Not that Frozen isn't still massively popular, but for, you know, for a good sort of eight years there, that was Disney's benchmark. That was the top of the tree, wasn't it? It's just cheap, though, isn't it? It is. Do you not think? I mean, it, Easter eggs and stuff is, is a nice thing, but but blatantly shouting, let it go every two minutes. Or... Mm. It's kind of feeling that way in the MCU, how uh, we're this far past Endgame and everything's still about the blip yeah. and yeah. Thanos. And it's like, can mm-hmm. we get past this, please? Um, <laughs> there's a really good bit of character anima- animation when um, he dresses her up to be shiny and sends her in to do... <laughs> to meet Tamatoya. I know which bit you're going to say. She, she's like, she's banging the drum and she kind of looks at him in this really teenage, sarcastic... Like, yeah, way. I'm still banging <laughs> it. Still doing uh. it. And it's just, it's so... It's very... If you look at what the animator has actually done to create that, the wobble of the head is so small, the widening of the eyes is so small and the impact yeah. is so... She, those are the things that I love. It's, oh, a, it's yeah. a look as if to go, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's absolutely... It's well observed. On, really Although, good. in that same scene... In during Shiny, there's a bit where the talk, you know, we're finding out a bit about him being abandoned by his parents, mm. and to really hammer that home, they have Moana like peering out of that cage, makeshift cage, and like squinting her, her eyes at it as if to go, "Oh, I see what's happening there." Uh, yeah. Bit on the nose was that? Mm. <laughs> yeah, the oh, but they need to make these. Tamatoa's animation is great to say, you know, because he's so different and he's got the two eyes and the way his head moves when he's dancing and his big massive claws. Do you know what I noticed say that I've never noticed before? Mm. When Maui's hook doesn't work and he's about to sing his second verse, he's got the two eyes and the two eyes look at each other as if they're different characters yeah. and they go <laughs> and and they both sort of raise their eyebrows in different ways and go, uh, eyebrows, eyelids. You know yeah. what I mean? I know there's what you mean. there's yeah, a little yeah. tilt to it. And he goes, Look. Um, little Maui's having trouble with his look, but there's that moment where he almost like uh, confers with himself, and it, it's just it's so subtle. There's some really really mm-hmm. good moments. I know it's back to story again, but don't you wish there was more of him? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it just feels wasted. I don't know. I, I d- that's I the mean, whole feeling with this film. It's like yeah. there should be more of that and that together, and they should interlink in some way. I know what you'd say about the Kokomo. Oh, the Kokomora, by the way. You look at the individual design of oh, the yeah, Kokomora. Yeah. Fantastic. No, you're I right. Would, There's yeah. so many different things mm. that you could buy and designs for. Could you imagine yeah. a, a Lego set of all those on a ship? Oh, yeah. That would be cool, and I it would, would buy that, actually. 
does that even take exist? Take my money. In fact, just collecting Kokomara, I'm surprised. You know, that's like, probably their intention. There's blind bags and things like Pins. that. Yeah. Pins. The Kokomara are awesome. But I can see your point with the Kokomara because they're small and they're out there in the world and they are clearly, they've got boats that can move around. But the whole point of him is that he's down there and he's trapped in the realm of monsters and then they leave the realm of monsters. Do you know yes, what? It just happens character. too quick though, doesn't it? I Do you know, know what but like? if he'd popped up again, I would have been like... Mm. This film's like uh, a, a computer game with increasingly difficult mid-level and end-level bosses. Yes, it is. <laughs> and like, That's exactly and, right. And a really disappointing final boss. Yeah. <laughs> and then you defeat one and you just forget about it, you move on and then you're always working towards... Tafiti. Did you know that, that that she was the same person when you first watched it? No. Because I've other people go, well, it's obvious that was just her as a fire monster. I had no idea. No, I didn't get it at I all. I can't remember what I thought five years ago, to that's, be honest. That's brilliant as well. The animation of both both those characters is just fantastic. You want to hug that Muppet. I'm calling it a Muppet. Yeah. She looks very fuzzy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very faulty. Yeah. Very lovely. Love it. It's uh, made me want to go to Alani even more. I'll tell you that for nothing. Mm-hmm. Shall we? Shall yeah, we? Yeah, go on <laughs> uh, Do you know what? I've been thinking, is it a nine, is it a ten? I think it's a ten. I think there's enough there. There's enough that's different. Uh, I'm going to give it a ten. I think it's pretty proficient. Um, I think you're wrong be- because of something we talked about in the story. Rude. I know. Um, <laughs> I think it's a nine, and the reason it's a nine is because of that flipping pig. Because oh. because that is animation and and they chose to do that and put it in there and they just shouldn't have done so the pig makes it a nine apart from that it is mm. stunning beginning to end I'm giving it ten and I don't even need to quantify it <laughs> well uh, music then there's no denying these are some memorable ass songs yes they really like stood the test of time like I'm, I'm we're singing these all the time around yeah. the house mm-hmm. yeah all the time Every one of them. And I don't feel the... I mean, we have a seven-year-old who was two when this came... Is that right? Yeah, mm-hmm. she was two when she came... two, yeah. Two when this came out. And uh, so we have Disney music on a lot. Mm. Um, because, you know, Eminem isn't always appropriate in the car. And uh, it, hasn't, it hasn't got old, honestly. Even to us as adults, it's like, yep, put Moana on. We're happy with that. And it, you can just listen to it over and over again. There's humour in the lyrics... We are talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda's songs here, but I just want to give a heads up to the um, to the Tahitian elements um, and to the score elements, particularly within the song. The mm. music that goes underneath Moana's Shouts final... Shouts to Tahiti! Yeah. <laughs> the music that goes under Moana's final song, you know, when she's going across the horizon to find you. The... the, the cha- that, I feel, is... Um, a collaboration between all three musicians there because you've got a Lin-Manuel Miranda song on the top yeah. you've got the score underneath yeah. but there's Tahitian chanting which I presume has come from and I don't want to pronounce his name again so you've got a real collaboration of three absolute powerhouses there one of the things we didn't talk about in the story was how this film starts and, and what Lin-Manuel Miranda seems to get right in these Disney films for me is that it feels like a musical 
mm. and not it feels like the opening of a musical that's what it feels like same yes. with Encanto as well you know it, it just works and he's so good lyrically at telling a story and moving things forward through through the lyrics and that that's what makes it stand out to me now sometimes it, it can be a bit frustrating like I know Hugh you have problems with the end of, of uh, You're Welcome uh, because it becomes so plot specific uh, <laughs> it does that doesn't it yeah yeah for anyone because I've, I've I'll bore listeners one last time with this. So we've mentioned it two or three times before, haven't we? But uh, uh, the whole thing, like, yeah, for some reason, I want to compare this to um, a summer's day. The, the distance, the, yeah. The dis, uh, uh, the distance. What's, is that? Is that what it's called? I'll go the distance. I will go the distance. I will go the distance. Sung by Roger Barr. Is it called the distance? <clears throat> yeah. Um, that song, you can just listen to that, and you don't have to know what the story is. It's just, uh, and it's just an I want song. Whereas at the end of you're welcome. It starts off and you think, oh, this is good. Um, but then it goes into specifics about him needing that boat. And if you hadn't seen the film, you'd be thinking, what, what's all this business about a boat? Yeah. It doesn't work. You should be able to listen to it in a queue somewhere and go, oh, I like this. And you just get the vibe of what well, you know, what the tone is without yes. going into on-the-nose specifics. But then have you heard the a terrible oh, God, yeah. cover of it where oh. they do change the lyrics thing is when I first saw that I remember distinctly where this I was is, uh... um, when I first saw that YouTube video and I thought it was a joke parody I what thought, YouTube video? well there's a, there's a music video released with it it's really weird so Lin-Manuel Miranda the song just, in, the, in the end credits yeah, the end he's credit. sat in a sepia tone cafe it's just really odd and I thought that this, I want to see this video. I thought this was some kind of like fan ridiculous parody sort of thing. The temper, it's the a tone, com- the sincerity with it's which a complete it's misinterpretation of the lyrics, which is like this cocky guy going, "You're welcome." But the, 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 whoever's singing it is singing it as if like they genuinely think you should be welcome, uh, and it like and trying to be sexy with it, and it just. That's not the intention of the song, is it? No. It's so wrong. It's so weird. It's one of the worst Disney songs I've ever heard, is that? <laughs> wow. But, but that's the thing. worst in the whole but, new world. Well, a Disney tradition is to have an awful song in the end credits, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. found that over the years. To have it, to have it covered and by someone who's awful. too sincere. It's Jordan Fisher featuring Lin-Manuel Miranda, so right. he had a hand in it. Mm. Strange. It's gross. It's absolutely gross. And I do recommend you watch the music video because it, it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> it makes it exactly... It's someone someone dressed trendy walking down a street and then mm. sitting in a cafe kind of looking out the window. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> so, so what have we got, right? We've got we've got Where You Are. That's the opening song. Yeah. Make way, make way. So catch it. Well, before that, you've got the... Yeah! Oh, yeah. And the, the, uh, opening done credits. the old Frozen thing <laughs> where... Yeah! An eerie, eerie music. Hey, comes now, in. Now, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like they've, they've taken some cues from Frozen. Yeah. Uh, How far I'll go is like the classic Disney "I Want" song, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Couldn't be more so. We, we know that. Uh, mm-hmm. You're welcome. Catchiest rap Lin Manuel's ever written? Do you think? Could be. Oh, could be. Oh, that's, that's wow. yeah, it's that's lofty. quite a claim. It's lofty. Catchy. Yeah. I'll give you catchy. Memorable. Yeah. So maybe not even. No. Actually, do you know what? Uh, compared to some of the Hamilton stuff, it maybe isn't the best at scanning. There's little pauses in it. You know. Uh, it's accessible. Though, I, isn't killed, it? I killed a Neil, buried its guts. I know that that bit's all right. Plenty of cheese. It, 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 it is good. It is good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the clip of uh, The Rock singing it with his daughter? Yes. And, uh, no. and then he says, like, that, is that daddy? And she's like, no. He's, he's done loads of videos of that. Yeah. On, it's so on TikTok, cute. TikTok, I think. Yeah. Yeah, bless him. Um, she doesn't believe him. <laughs> um, 
We've got Shiny. Shiny. Now, the thing about Shiny is I really love that song, but I can understand why some people don't because I think it's really hard to hear, to scan. The first few times I listened to it, I couldn't get the rhythm out of it. I couldn't work out what was happening and I found it. And I'm quite, I'm, I'm a very musical person, but I found it quite hard mm. to understand what was going on. Interesting. Mm. Um, but once I got it and it twigged it, I, I, I really like the song. <laughs> it's like learning Sondheim. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I think it's now that I get it, not, I like it. It's not very. It's not very. Um, it's not got a heavy beat in it, has it? Oh, I know what you mean. You see, the thing is, again, we're going back to our day jobs. But uh, here we um, go with their mid-tempo. No, it's <laughs> no, it's not that. Something There's, you had dance to. Obviously, I teach tap a lot. And of course, you need to get the rhythm. Mm. And there's we we've got a couple of pieces of music that are like rumba rhythm. And instead of having a drum, they've got like the, the snare brush. Yeah, What's yeah. And the minute I start, the minute I get the um, I get the rhythm. And then the minute I start to dance to it, I immediately lose the rhythm again because my feet are louder than the rhythm is. I and I know what you're saying now. There is the and because vocally it's quite yeah, it's got a a lazy flow to it, hasn't it? The way he sings it, Mm. I I found it quite difficult at first to kind of pick it up. Obviously, when you get into the chorus, it's very straightforward, very straightforward. But the but the verses are a bit kind of. I'm no uh, I'm no Bowie aficionado. Uh, I can pronounce his name correctly, though, unlike Ricky Gervais, who says Bowie. And he should know better, because yeah. he calls himself a fan and he's met Ricky him. Gervais. But, um, yeah, it's Bowie. Um, but I do like Cle- um, Jermaine Clements. Um, but I don't... Th- I'm not... Sh- I don't get the B- Bowie reference as much. Uh, you know, I don't... He, it, I mean, he doesn't feel like a Bowie... So it's supposed to be a, a Bowie parody, but it doesn't feel like that to me. I think it's more how okay. it's sung than the song oh, itself. No, if, if you think of it as... Being like a song from Labyrinth, if David Bowie was singing, okay. I I can maybe understand that. Maybe I think I'm, uh, this is quite a claim. It's lyrically as smart as uh, Under the Sea. Yeah, I was listening to, listening to it today, and I thought this is clever. This is really it is, good. It is very clever, lyrically very yeah, good. Mm. It is mm. Pro- probably one of his cleverest. I think. It does fall into the same trap, though, of having slightly on the nose things. It goes mm-hmm. into specifics about Maui's hook towards the end. Or around about the middle, and uh, I think that's a shame. We don't need to mm. do that now. Let's enjoy the song about being shiny. <laughs> you know, like, cause yeah, you, yeah. you can put that on and say, oh, this song's about me. But then you go, oh, apart from this bit that's about some guy's hook. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Can I just again give a word up to the, the score? Word up. Because if you. The job of the score in so many areas of this film is to get the idea of water and space because when you're in the middle of the ocean you've got nothing but broad wide Mm. space have you and if you think of the use of sort of air instruments and strings i mean wind instruments but uh, you know the the instruments that have got that breathy air quality that real whoo yeah and and those kind of things it's so watery in a good way and i just being non-musical as I am other than rhythmic I suppose um, I just think it's absolutely magic when composers can do that so eloquently in terms of the tools that they've got I just think it's fabulous yeah I agree yep music there it is yeah let's score it then score it did I go first for story? I did. Hugh, I think it's... Oh, no, Chris, it's you to go first. I don't mind. Well, I can go first if you like. I'm going to give it a 
nine. It's just about there, but it's just not quite. There's just a, bits of it that, that maybe aren't for me. Maybe that's all it is. Oh, I'm giving it a ten because it's there. <laughs> I'm going to give it a nine for the same reason I always do, where it's just... If the if they could stand alone without getting the story and yeah. some of the songs, it would be perfect. But just for that little niggle, it's a nine. Oh, there we go. So hard to please, boys. Does that mean you got a score then, Hugh? Well, I need to add fifty-seven to twenty-eight. Well, in the, yeah. In the meantime, oh no, I took my book out while I, bookmark out while I was talking. Let me get my page back open, and I'll be able to tell you that IMDb. Gave it 7.6. That is a smidge higher than their regular Mm 7.2, but it's nothing to write home about. However, Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it 95%, which is very high for Rotten Tomatoes. I'm actually surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that was audience. I'm surprised critics have put it that high, but I think that the art must have a lot to do with it. The audience are only a smidge below that at 89%. Now, it was a box office success with a budget of somewhere estimated between 150 million and 175 million, but it brought in 645 million worldwide. However, that is below the billion dollar club that would be reached by uh, Frozen 2 within three years of this. Mm -hmm. So... I forgot to say it. success. That reminded me, when I do that, it's uh, K2SO from Rogue One, when he goes, it's high, it's very high. And who's that voiced by? Alan Tudyk. And he who, is here. And who is he? Is our new Frank Welker. Who is he, he is. in this? Hey, hey. He's hey, hey. I tell you what, he's, he's not, He's a versatile actor. Mm, very. He's not Maori or Tahitian. <gasps> but he is, I suppose he played a chicken. I don't suppose he needs to be. Well, as we all know, chickens are Caucasian males. <laughs> Or Caucasian males are chickens. Mm. That's interesting. Rude. I know. Uh, yeah, well, I've got a score. Did you finish doing your score? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. 85. There you go. That's good, isn't it? That, that, what a positive that score. That is respectable. That is very respectable. <laughs> it's Macca. Um, <laughs> Macca. It's Macca. <laughs> right, let me... Th- that means very big to those of you who don't come oh, from sorry, yeah, not, Dewsbury. Not Paul McCartney's nickname. Um, it's, it's, seen- it's one above Tarzan. Oh, you seen what? You seen an eighty-five anywhere? I'm not seeing many in the. Oh, was Soul eighty-three? Seventy-nine. What's that? Eighty-three next. Rise to of it? Skywalker. Oh, Rise of Skywalker was eighty-three. Guys, you hate Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I, I would. If we went back to that, yeah, uh, I, I it think would, it would it suffer very badly. Yeah. Oh, no! I, had we all got cinema effect on that? I'm one? not sure. It'll be interesting though because we've talked about what we're going to do next, haven't we? And and the Star Wars thing might come back. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see another 85 score on this entire list. Can that be true? Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is 84. Yeah. Uh, it seems about right, doesn't it? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I scored it higher than you two did by a little bit. Um, yeah. Jungle Book got 89. I suppose when you're looking at absolute solid classics like Jungle Book and it's only a, l- a couple of points below that, that seems that seems okay. What's Once Upon a Snowman? Oh, it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, there's all no other 85s. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is the next one above it, isn't it? 87. Did you say dwarves, then? I did. Oh, my word. I've never done that. Dwarfs. I, I, not only did I say it, I read it from here, and it's written correctly. <laughs> no. I, I like the fact that people were going, what's wrong with saying dwarves? And you'd be surprised. Look it up. It's not dwarves. 
Tarzan was 84, so it's one above Tarzan. I'd say that's right. Now, Tarzan, I think, is a sleeper hit. I think it's a fantastic fantastic film. Um, And I do think Moana is slightly stronger than that. So, yeah, all good, all fair. There we are. Now, listen. Yeah. We've got a new jingle for the next bit, because this is a bit that I always forget. And for our penultimate um, classic show, it's only taken 59 classics episodes plus a load of extras as well. What about your favourite bits? These are my favourite bits. These are my favourite bits. These are my favourite I was really quite chuffed Well, with unless that. you're listening, and then you then you wouldn't know any difference. That was a good jingle, Chris. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. And there's a video of you making that on our YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. Yes, there is. There is. Yeah, <laughs> which you did for Vlogmas. I did. Now, there's a bit where uh, which Bonnie mentioned where Maui pees on Moana. Mm-hmm. It's not that bit for me, but uh, I like the kid, again, Bonnie likes this, who makes the kissy lips at Moana. I think that's a, uh, a tribal thing, is, the, is that, that, that face. Right. And um, I think, you know, like it's an actual cultural thing. I think. Hmm. Unless I've just been stupid. Um, but this is my favourite bit, is when Grandma says, um, she says, you're not going to tell my father, are you? And she says, I'm his mother. I don't have to tell him anything. Mm. I love that. Mm. I, I like the, uh, predictably, I like the dancing. I like the hula dancing and the traditional Polynesian dancing. Excuse me, I'm having struggling with my chair. Um, particularly when she's doing it with the grandma. I think it's a lovely bonding moment. It's very calming. It's beautiful with the Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda music in the background. Um, I also like the guy who said, What's wrong with that chicken? You know, the old old dude who sat down, there's just something about his face that's really likeable. And he's just no-nonsense attitude to life. He's uh, a... <laughs> what a guy. He's, he's no intelligence, let's cook him. <laughs> I like um, I like the playfulness of the water, particularly with baby Moana at the beginning. Oh. It's lovely as that. Mm. And I think the bit that I like the best is probably... Just that epic ending when the water parts and mm. that that whole bit is just it's brilliant. It's just massive. It's just mm. it's too big to comprehend, and I just love it. Love it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I said oh then because I thought oh there's something I've mentioned, but I'm about to mention that in our next section. Ah well, let's just give a quick warning to uh, to Alex the reviewer Cartwright. Alex Cartwright. <laughs> Brace then. yourself. Brace yourself because uh, there's a big scream coming. Absolutely beautiful. He really loves it. I don't know why they just can't be together. <laughs> Hughes cry factor. <laughs> Laughing at me on work there. Uh, right, look, when Grandma dies, yeah, it starts to kick up a bit then. But, you know, she's, she's, it's not unexpected and it's not that tragic, is it, like it is no. in some, some of these films. Uh, so you can hold it together. Hmm. But then... A spirit is the manta ray uh, when it flies past. That's beautiful, man. Mm. You just quietly fall to pieces in your chair as you're watching it. And then I found myself getting more emotional than usual when Maui gives his more genuine you're welcome at the end. When she thanks him and he says, you're welcome. And he he means it. Mm. And she means it too. 
Uh, and then there's something about, the, yeah, this is when I said, oh, earlier is the thing you said about the water is for some reason, there's something about the nobleness of that water when, uh, what's she called? Tafiti fires that fireball at her and the water jumps up. Uh, sorry, what's she called? That fire monster? Oh, Taka. Taka, Taka. When she, she fires the fireball and the water reaches up and stops it. Hmm. This is like what happened in uh, Little Mermaid. You know when um, Sebastian and Flounder save Ariel when she turns into a human. Oh, yeah. There's something noble about some some sort of creature saving the main character. Yeah, I, I always find it really moving. Anyway, I've given it a four. I think it's a four. It's not a proper like fall to pieces crime, but there's some weepy moments. So. <laughs> four teardrops, which sounds like this. Oh. <laughs> which sounds like this. Um, can I just add a favourite bit that I forgot oh, yeah. to mention? And that's just the whole sequence with Moana as a toddler looking after the um, turtle yes. and then getting the shells. Just everything about that entire yeah. section. I yeah. can't believe no one's mentioned I like it. the way she looks down, at the, you know, when, when they give her the heart to Fiti and she looks down in exactly the same way as a, a, a toddler would that's just like completely obsessed with it yeah. and mm. puts her neck in, uh, chin into her neck to look at it. I like just mm. the simple way she just reach for, reaches forward and does a grab and then just waits. You know, she goes, no, no. It's just, it's just gorgeous. It is lovely. It's gorgeous. Good. Well, there we go. Do you know what? We've only got one more classic to do. <gasps> and it's a biggie. It's, it's a good one. It's it's a sequel. It'll be interesting to watch this. I'm looking forward to, to seeing yeah. Ralph breaks Rex the internet. Yeah. Mm, I've I've avoided watching it again for a couple of specific reasons, which we'll probably talk about next week. Oh, is it the so. guy with the face on his neck? <laughs> or whatever he is. No? Mm. I don't know who that is. Oh, there's a really creepy character in it. You'll see in a couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. okay. We, we've got a bit of a thing, haven't we? Because after this, we kind of don't know what we're going to do. And we started talking about it a little bit, and we've had a few ideas. And we've also talked about whether we want to do some more of the quiz show thing that we've done in the past. So, after the next show, we don't know what's going to happen, do we? Well, we do have some ideas. We have about, started. It. We're gonna we're gonna rank some yeah some genres, We've got not genres. Two weeks until Turning Red comes out, don't we? Yeah. Oh and yeah. Well, not two weeks, two episodes, so four weeks. So we we've got two filler episodes, mm. and then we'll do Turning Red. But then we really are a bit out at sea. Excuse the pun there. So that's kind of where we want. But we think we're going to rank all the Pixar's, all the MCU. Not like individually, we're just going to rank them as like one program that like we're going to take each. A bit chunk. like when we did the villain, uh, the the what was it called? The the live action films yeah. episode yeah. that we did. Yeah, and Star Wars probably. Oh uh, yeah, I think we should do Star Wars. So we've got three. Really then we good can shows put Rise there. of Skywalker right near the bottom. Yeah, got <laughs> so we've got three great shows there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and also, I've started putting the old Quizney Street episodes onto a podcast on their own. So um, I'm just waiting for it to go live on on Apple but and I'll promote it through Twitter and everything but if you want to go back and listen to those episodes again you can do some of them are already on YouTube anywhere the second series is um, but I just thought I'd get those out there you know for fun and that and then if we decide to do another series we can tag it into there mm. yeah. so there you go good well that's it really for now we'll be back in a couple of weeks time with Ralph Rex the internet get it away from me bye cheers everybody and I'll see you soon bye <laughs> <laughs>